Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table. So this is the second part of a discussion that we've been having on current tendencies in the United States. So once you get Americans going at each other at loggerheads over the direction the country should take, the next step in turning up the heat is to start arranging an economic crisis in order to increase the pressure on the population. You start by telling them that there is an enemy out there who could strike anywhere at any time and might be your neighbor, but then you really bring it home to them by starting to crush them economically and making them feel insecure and generating a state of fear over their their very security. And while you're doing this, you tell them that the economy is going just great, everything is fine, and this makes people internalize their own problems And they say, well, gee, the president and all of the newspapers are telling me that the economy is going great. So if I'm having problems, it must be my problem. It must be that I don't have a large enough entrepreneurial spirit or I'm not working hard enough. Uh, The problem is me. It's not the economy as a whole. This prevents people from organizing together because it individualizes the problems. So you have a giant pressure cooker that is heating up. The pressure is building and building and building. There is all this negative energy that is being generated and has been generated since 9-11. And the question is, what's going to happen with this energy? Now, there are any number of people who are trying to use it in different ways. So the powers that be have to choose the moment for the fatal blow. And this seems to be where we are now. We're in the lull before getting the coup de grace. Whether it be a military strike or an economic collapse or maybe they have some awareness of upcoming natural cataclysms. It could be any number of things. And so what we see is all of the seeds are being sown so that the blame for this fatal blow can be placed on the Arabs or on the Muslims It can be another terrorist attack on an American city or on several American cities. It can have to do with an economic crisis that can be blamed on peak oil, which is another scam that is being perpetrated on the entire world's people, the idea that we're running out of oil. There is absolutely no proof of this. There is no proof that oil is, in fact, a fossil fuel. It's a very convenient political manipulation because most of the identified world oil supply is in Arab countries, and if the prices go up, then the Arabs can be blamed on on putting up the prices and ruining the American economy. So that the fatal blow, whether it is economic or whether it is another phony terrorist attack, can be placed on the chosen enemy of the day, and this will be the release of all this energy that has been building up for the last four years. Now, There was recent discussion on the Internet, a lot of speculation about some war games that were being held off of the uh, American coast, and there were people speculating that it was going to be used as the cover for a nuclear explosion in Charleston. We're more of the opinion that whatever comes is going to be unexpected and unpredicted by anyone. It will be completely different from what we're expecting. Now, we've seen that one of the MOs of al-Qaeda is... Uh, simultaneous attacks on several places. Perhaps it will be simultaneous attacks on different cities in different countries. Now we've seen 
the power of the Internet to organize people internationally. And obviously, one of the things that the people that control this little world that we're on, one of the things that they're going to have to do is stop people communicating with one another, stop people from networking. And this will be done by controlling the way people move, people's freedom to travel. It will be done through people's freedom of sending money to to other countries. It will be done through people's ability to communicate via the Internet. So it's possible that, that a simultaneous attack in several cities and several countries could be one of the ways to implement this. And uh, uh, another thing that, that perhaps is a sign that uh, maybe a, a multi-country attack would be on the menu, so to speak, is the fact that recently uh, Bush's envoy to the U.N., John Bolton, proposed 750 changes to a 29-page document. Uh, Of course, this is the document that uh, is supposed to reorganize the U.N. and get everything straightened out, which pretty much means that the U.S. wants the U.N. to be restructured according to their wishes. But one uh, one of our science page readers writes that, he says, so my thinking is, Bolton's ideas are very unpopular for other UN members and the world in general, and just as the London bombings were so convenient and had such good timing to get through anti-terror laws in the UK and the US, wouldn't it be handy for the psychos in power to have a big event one of these days? And he, he does raise a rather interesting point, because of course all these countries are not just going to sit back necessarily and allow the US to take over the UN. Uh, well, one would hope. So certainly some sort of large-scale terrorist attack or event of some sort uh, that affects all nations, certainly economically, it would, you know, destroying the world economy would probably get everybody to fall in line if you could blame it on al-Qaeda. Certainly all the signs seem to indicate that some sort of large event is in the works. Just on that that story about Bolton uh, throwing the UN somewhat into chaos with his proposed demands... Uh, for 750 cha- uh, changes to the to the to the UN reorganization plans one of the or one of the one of the amendments that he proposed uh, that really stood out and it's just um it's specified here in a, in a guardian article is that um it is his amendment would seek to play down the emphasis given to alleviate alleviating poverty and expunge all references to the millennium development goals including the target for wealthy countries to, to donate at least 0.7% of national income to the developing world. Now, that, um, that, that demand from, from Bolton, which is obviously a demand of, of, of the U.S. government, really, really st- stands out um, for its, obviously, for, 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 the, for the, I suppose, the inherent evil that it, that it, that it portrays in, in seeking to, to rob the developing world uh, when you, when, of, of, of food and of um, uh, a way to alleviate their, the poverty and, and the, the starvation that millions and millions and probably at this stage billions of people around the world are um, suffering from. It's very hard to reconcile uh, the, this idea that, um, that America or that, uh, that a lot of Americans have and maybe a lot of people, other people around the world have of America as this great defender of freedom and a shining light onto the world. And this is maybe a point for, for anyone. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this certainly uh, are, are to some degree in line with what we're, what we're saying here, but maybe you know a lot of people um, who, who are not and who still hold out or hold on to the idea that, uh, that America is this great bastion of, of freedom and democracy. You might just consider 
presenting this this fact to them as as presented by by, by John Bolton um, and ask them how they how they can reconcile this idea of America as this as this, as, a, as I said as this wonderful bastion of freedom and a shining light onto the world with this cold hard fact that that he on, on behalf of the US government wants to deprive the starving people of the world of of a resource and of a way to alleviate their suffering i mean how do you how do you how do you reconcile those two things clearly there's a problem there there's a there's a logical disconnect between these two things but if you raise this subject we're not responsible for your medical bills or for those of the people that you present them to of course the mature response to such a dilemma or a logical or um, a logical kind of contrast um, would be to maybe have a look at the history of, of of U.S. economic policies over the past century, and certainly by doing so, any moderately intelligent uh, person would very soon come to the conclusion that while America has carefully crafted for itself a false public image of a benign global power, behind the scenes it has been the preeminent contributor to global poverty and suffering. Which brings us to Pat Robertson's outburst this week where he was calling for the assassination of Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez um, because it was cheaper to uh, kill him off than to have to wage a war against a democratic sovereign nation uh, that still has elections. There was even a referendum a year ago organized by the United States to try to throw Chavez out of office, and 58% of the population voted to support their democratically elected president, and that came two years after a U.S.-sponsored attempt at a coup d'etat, where once again the people backed their democratically elected president. The trouble is the U.S. doesn't like him, so they don't really care if he was democratically elected or not. I mean, the kind of absurd statements that, that Pat Robertson came out with during his uh, 700 club uh, fatwa for uh, the death of Hugo Chavez, he said that Venezuela was turning into a platform for Muslim terrorism. I mean, this is so outrageous. There's and so untrue. And so outrageous because it is so untrue. There are 96% Venezuelans are, are Catholic, 2% are Protestant, and so to think that Venezuela was a platform for Muslim terrorism in the Americas is completely absurd. Yeah, but how many American people are going to believe that? How many people would actually buy that that line and that that lie? Um, I mean, it's obvious that probably actually, most of the people that watch the Seven Hundred Club. Yeah, which is quite a few. So a few. that right there, right there is a problem. But um, and it's enough that the Bush administration, when they distanced themselves from Robertson's uh, statements, they had to do it in such a way that they didn't antagonize his Christian audience. I mean, they couldn't just come out and say, this guy's a fascist. Tell him to shut up. No, because, you know, that might uh, hit Bush's extremely poor ratings in the polls. He might might go down to like, you know, 2% or something, you know, because, I mean, obviously the 36% that support him are probably all uh, fundamentalist Christians. So if we look at uh, at the problem that Robertson and the Bush administration obviously have with uh, Hugo Chavez talking about uh, alleviating suffering and poverty. Chavez has um, instituted many uh, reforms and and projects uh, to use his his country, Venezuela's oil wealth, to alleviate 
uh, or to attempt to alleviate um, a lot of the suffering and poverty that is rife among free uh, health care, free dental care. Exactly, and and this is, I mean, what other uh, thing could you, I mean, what else could you accuse Chavez of? I mean, he's simply uh, fulfilling the the mandate that he's been given as a democratically elected leader to to look after and to care for uh, the, the, the citizens of, of Venezuela. And this seems to be the major problem that uh, the U.S. and people like Robertson have with him. And they resort to calling him, uh, essentially, calling him a terrorist or a, a harborer of terrorist, terrorism, um, which, as, as we stated, is utterly ridiculous. And then Chavez had a, an interesting way of turning the tables on Bush and all of this, or on Robertson in this. His response was to say that we want to sell gasoline and heating fuel directly to poor communities in the United States, following up on an agreement that they've just made with Jamaica, where they are going to be selling Jamaica their oil at $40 a barrel. Instead of 60 Instead of, well, today it was at 68 and it's going to continue to rise probably. So this is this horrible, nasty dictator who the United States uh, is trying to to kill in order to bring democracy and freedom to the Venezuelan people, as well as all the benefits of a United States form of health care, which is non-existent. Indeed, and this is one of the things that um, the American population really need to get over, is this idea that their government is, as we, as we keep on saying, uh, or as Bush keeps on saying, this bastion of or protector of freedom and democracy around the world. Because it simply isn't. The, the facts and the historical facts show quite conclusively that it is not and really never has been. And we understand that it's a real sacred cow for, for many, many Americans because they have really only, only because they have been programmed with this idea. Um, and we understand that it's very difficult to get through that programming. And really one of the best resources to do that is to look at history and look at the facts because ultimately your life may depend on it. And it doesn't matter if Bush leaves, if Kerry had been elected, because the structure that is in place would continue to be in place. Americans would still not have health care, whether it was a Democrat or a Republican in power. These things are structural on one level. These things are a question of ideology and thought on another. So it is really a battle for the hearts and minds of the American people that is being waged right now. There is a big choice for them to make. Do they want to go towards creation and making something real in their country, or are they going to accept the lies and the manipulations of their politicians? Exactly, and the point the point uh, that really needs to be understood is that, certainly from our point of view, in, an, in attempting to get into the minds of uh, of, of the, the ruling elite in, in the U.S. and around the world, and we're talking here about Bush and maybe not so much bush cuz he doesn't uh, we don't we wouldn't really want to get into his mind but we're talking about Is people in mind yeah but we're talking about people who um who, who make the policies in the US and the people who have been born into a into a privileged position in life and have been schooled uh, in, in 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 the correct way and they've been they really have been uh, molded for for the positions that they hold and these people then view the 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 American population or the ordinary people or not just the American population but people all around the world they they view we the people or us the the, the little people with nothing short of contempt because this not only is this proven by by the policies that they've enacted over the years but you can almost understand it uh, in terms of if you think about the idea that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely such people 
are simply reinforced in their, in their idea that they are better than everybody else uh, through their continued manipulations in terms of the idea that for them, the more that they can manipulate people and prove to themselves that they can manipulate people to, to, to serve their own purposes, then that simply reinforces their idea that they are better than these people. And mm. it's a never-ending cycle. It continues and it continues. And the more that they, that they stand on uh, and, and squash uh, the little people, i.e. the population, the more this proves to them that they are right in doing this because for them, uh, these people are, the ordinary people are, 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 are simply not capable of doing what they do. And you can imagine, and you can imagine them sitting around their offices in Washington looking back at the stolen election of 2000, at the false flag operation of 9-11, at the stolen election of 2004, and just cracking up at how easily it has been to carry off the most monstrous of crimes, and the American people accept it. And from their point of view, uh, the American people deserve it. I mean, exactly. if this is the way that this it's happened... This is the whole Straussian uh, ideology. Exactly, yeah. If, if I can do it, then uh, I should do it. I'm right to do it. So today we've been trying to understand some of the dynamics that we see in the United States and how they've been manifesting in the last few weeks and speculating a bit on what might happen. I know we're not the only ones who have this sense of impending doom or oncoming catastrophe. The site urbansurvival.com, we're also talking about it. They have a technology of web bots that go out and analyze all sorts of uh, disparate data on the web. And they wrote on Thursday of this week that... They're very pleased that the next run, quote, should give us insight into the huge emotional tension starting to build now in which the time-piercing technology reports is scheduled for release around the first week of December. Now, we don't know if their technology is any good at predicting when this energy is going to be released, but we're very certain that this energy is there. It is pent up, and increasing pressure is being brought to bear, and when it explodes, it's not going to be pretty. If you'd like to read more about the topics we discussed today, you can find them at www.signs-of-the-times.org. We've come to the end of the second part of our two-part science podcast. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed it, and we hope that you will tune in again next week. 